Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It's active for Rob Breckenridge today, uh, 1235 now. Uh, thanks for joining here in the program, filling in for the day today. I think until next week, this is going to be the last one, which would be really f- for some of you. Uh, I appreciate you sticking around, and I appreciate you trusting your time and your show here in my hands today. We're going to talk about a bunch of different things uh, today. Uh, namely, one I'm really looking forward to is uh, drinking and driving and talking about how um, publishing the names of people who have been charged with drinking and driving. This is, this is a new thing. Uh, that's going to happen in just a little bit. I look forward to that conversation. We have, uh, we're all going to talk hockey. I'm a hockey dad. I've got two kids. Uh, my son is 13 and he's a biggie. And uh, my daughter is uh, 12 and she loves show jumping. So you can see why I fill in here every chance I get uh, to somehow try to pay for all that. But we're going to talk about hockey and all you hockey parents that have uh, been frustrated with a hockey game. What can you do about it? And um, without losing your bolts in the rink, how do we do this? How do we change this? Something has to change. And the reason why this story comes about for me was because on the weekend, this weekend in my son's hockey game, the very last thing the referee said to the coaches and the players on the benches before they dropped the puck is, I don't want any hits from behind today. Hitting from behind pretty much gets kicked out right away. Uh, In Bantam, it's Bantam AA. And um, that was the last thing he said. And it was seven seconds into the first shift. Um, one kid just get absolutely hammered from behind. No penalty. So how do you deal with that as a parent? How, what recourse do you have? Because you can't throw the garbage cans on the ice anymore. That's not cool. So we're going to talk about these things this afternoon. So I appreciate you sticking around and uh, having the conversation here. 974-8255. 974-TALK. If you haven't heard this before, um, I do like the conversation. I love it when you phone in. I don't ask you to call in and agree with me. I don't. I like new ideas. I like to learn things from you today. I hope that I can offer the same to you. And let's have the conversation. Your texts are welcome too, of course, because not everybody can get out. And we're going to start with a uh, a big group hug, a political group hug that has been going on this week. I think it surprises some. And uh, it's raised some questions for me. And joining me on the phone is Keith Jern. Uh, Keith has a, a fantastic article here that he's written. Um, I was in the Edmonton Journal originally, wasn't it, Keith? It was, yes. yeah. Um, so, Keith, when politicians from different political parties come together and they say to the other parties, good job, nice work. I don't know how to deal with that, Keith. <laughs> 
Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Um, I don't know if this is a, a Christmas miracle or, or, or something. Um, I, I'm not sure either. Uh, but it is, I, I, it, I wouldn't necessarily call it a, a group hug, but it is sort of a rare moment of harmony where all the major political leaders are aligned on, on a big issue. And I, I think it just sort of, uh, we're talking, of course, about the, the oil price crisis that Alberta is facing. And I think it just goes to show you the uh, the scale of the problem uh, that uh, this is a a disaster of which the, um, there does need to be some consensus or uh, a lot doesn't get solved. As a person who lives in this province, I sit in this conversation and kind of go, wait a second. <laughs> I don't want to be a skeptic, but I really don't believe it, right? When when you've got um, conservatives um, going to the NDP and saying, hey, good job, um, I immediately start to tear it down and put all kinds of meaning behind it. Like It probably is just like, you made a decision, agree or disagree, at least you made a decision because this whole situation stinks. Behind all that, though, I get sucked into the, oh, wait a second, this is going, this something's, there's a secret here. Or maybe he's just saying to her, good job on this deal because at least I didn't have to deal with it. Right, there could be any of those things. And I mean, this is a... This is a moment where, you know, it, this harmony is only going to last as long as it serves the political interests of, of the various parties. Um, for whatever reason, they all seem to be in agreement. It took, you know, each of them sort of different amounts of time to get to that point where they decided that a, a production cut was necessary uh, in Alberta uh, for to uh, to try and raise prices and, and reduce the supplies in Alberta. Um, but, you know, the moment this starts going sideways, if the price differential doesn't come up and, you know, doesn't reduce enough. If job losses aren't stemmed, uh, you could see uh, some backtracking by any one of these uh, these political leaders at this point. Uh, but for the moment, anyway, it, it serves the political interests. And, you know, the, the, the only other times we kind of see this are at times of natural disasters. And I'm thinking of, you know, the 2013 flooding in southern Alberta, the Fort McMurray wildfire in, in 2016. Those were moments when, you know, the par- parties did come together realized that the the scale of the problem was beyond their their political interests at least in the short term uh, and supported each other and supported the, the government's actions and again you know this is a different kind of catastrophe not so life-threatening but still with enormous economic impact where again we're seeing um, you know everybody kind of put aside their their pol- their politics for the moment and I, I stress that it's for the moment um, to try and address this problem and, and, and get Alberta's economy back on track. Keith Jurin from the Edmonton Journal. Now, you, what are some specifics that you're seeing for um, people who have not read your article um, between the parties and the support that they've been leading? Do you have some specifics that can help us understand what's going on? Well, just a little bit. I, I mean, the Alberta Party was actually the, the first of the parties to call for a production cut, and they did that a couple of weeks ago, in fact, uh, and have been pushing that. Because they only have three seats in the legislature, it didn't necessarily get up a lot of attention at the time. Uh, Jason Kenney, the leader of the United Conservative Party, was initially pitching a, a voluntary cut among industry. Uh, but then after some more consultation, he says he changed his mind and realized that uh, industry wasn't going to agree on this. And that led him to the belief that a mandatory cut was necessary. The NDP said all along that they were studying the idea and uh, appointed sort of three envoys to to talk with industry and to talk with uh, people uh, connected to the oil industry. And after those conversations, they realized that the production cut was also the way to go. 
the fact that the Alberta Party and the United Conservative Party initially uh, or ahead of the government's decision called for a production cut does give Rachel Notley a bit of cover, right? If she had just done this action on her own, she potentially, you know, opens herself up to get hammered by those more conservative parties for intervening in the market. Uh, but the fact that those two conservative parties did uh, did call for it ahead of time helps her, you know, it's almost a gift to her uh, to take this kind of extraordinary action. And then she gives a gift right back when she says, and I, I think with, you know, genuine affection, says, thank you. Uh, to those two parties for for helping out. Now that- Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's about as far as it goes, because as we've seen in question period and, and some of the comments from other, other the parties in, in recent days, you know, they're agreed on policy at this point, but they're still trying to blame each other for getting into the situation in the first place. And that isn't going away. Yeah, well, whose fault is this and how long ago did it start? I mean, that seems right. to be the and they have no problem. The, the politicians have no problem um, specifically naming what government was in where when this happens. So, I mean, all is not that well at Christmas time in the legislature. Now, when we get into the next stage of all this, you know, if it works, everyone's, this gives everyone a a free pass on working and not working. All politicians now can say, I recommended it, look, it worked. You know, the government followed us. Or the NDP can say, we made the final decision. We had the courage. Look what we did. Uh, But if it doesn't work, there's only one loser in this scenario. And that's the NDP. That that is correct. And so, you know, that's the the ups and downs of being in in government. Uh, you know, opposition parties can make recommendations, uh, can make criticisms, but at the end of the day, the decision is rests with the government, and they're the one who will bear the responsibility for it. Um, and there are even in the policy that the NDP did adopt, there are some slight differences uh, between what the UCP was recommending, what the Alberta Party was recommending, and you could certainly see those parties seizing on those differences down the road. Road, uh, if this po- policy doesn't work, to say, hey, you should have listened to us even more, uh, you know, if you had gone with a deeper production cut or if you had done something a little differently, uh, maybe it would have turned out better. Whether that will happen, we'll see. But, uh, you know, the fact that uh, this this is now a government policy, the NDP is going to wear the success or the failure of it. It sounds an awful lot to me like a basketball game. You could put football at it, too. But basketball game where literally uh, the team is trying to get the ball to the outside, the buzzer's about to go, and literally it's the last shot of the game trying to get three points to win. That's really what it feels like. And everybody's gladly passing the ball to the other guy, saying, no, you take the shot. No, you take the (laughs) shot. And hopefully we get a basket. Right. Well, and somebody does eventually have to take that shot, and, and I guess this is it now. I mean, part of the problem is, you know, there there's really nothing else to do. Um, you know, somebody has to has to fire this because in the short term, industry wasn't going to agree. The other potential solutions out there, uh, adding more rail capacity, for example, uh, the government is doing that as well. Uh, we still haven't heard a lot of the financial details of that. 
you know, the, the earliest that that will start to have an impact is probably a year from now. Uh, the Line 3 pipeline and Bridges Line 3 isn't scheduled to come online until about a year from now. And so that, you know, that's another uh, helpful solution. But again, it's a, long, it's a long way away. And you can imagine the devastation that would occur of another year of these kinds of price differentials. And so the only thing really within the, the power of the government at this point, the provincial government, is to do this kind of production cut. Uh, Keith Jaron from the Edmonton Journal, I, you know this better than me, so I'm just going to honestly ask the question. It was a quick turnaround from, hey, we're going to talk about a production cut to there's going to be a production cut. Um, even in their own words from the NDP, it said, this is going to be a couple of weeks before we hear back. And it was kind of like at 2.30 that same day. They're like, yeah, we got this figured out. So I'm exaggerating, of course. But um, is there anything now, as of January 1st, just to recap it, there's a production cut expected to, to go first go through. Is there anything in between now and then that can sort of stifle this? I know Suncor is doing an awful lot of work uh, to, to get in on this and figure out what's best. Yeah, I'm not sure that there's there's a lot more that'll happen um, between now and the end of January. It seems like we're pretty locked into these cuts coming into effect January 1st. Uh, my understanding, and I'm not an energy economist, but my understanding is the the uh, sort of the decisions on production are made right now for January, uh, and so we're kind of locked into that. But the government did say it is going to be monitoring this uh, going forward every week. And so potentially you could see some changes uh, in early January that would kick in in February. And so that could be a, a slight change in, in what the cuts are, who, which uh, players in the industry, uh, how much they have to contribute and so on. Um, whether those, some of those uh, large industry players who are objecting to pr production cuts, whether they're going to make any moves, I'm not sure. I haven't heard any, any opposition at this point or any, any planned opposition. Um, those big companies can certainly survive a production cut for a little while. But uh, at this point, I think we're, we're going to have to see how it plays out, at least for the first month. Keith Duran, Edmonton Journal. Check out his article. It's it's very well written. And um, as a guy that, I mean, I follow, I fill in on this show. So I follow this stuff as a citizen most days, like a busy person. And then when I'm filling in, I dig deeper into it, which is one thing that I've got to get better at. But I really enjoyed the article because I thought it was really clear. And I wanted to say thank you for that. So thanks, Keith. Well, I appreciate that. You can check it out on the Edmonton Journal website. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Keith, keep us up to date. What's going on in the ledge? Thanks very much, Zach. Thanks, Take sir. care. Bye-bye. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.